Thanks for um, snorting right into the mic as soon as I press record. Just really setting us up for an amazing show today. Can you do it again, please? I love the way your sniffles smell. Oh, we that's so... Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, I'm not doing a whole Beyonce concert to start off the podcast today for y'all. I'm sorry. Uh, That's just not the vibe I'm on today. Uh, There are so many things that I want to talk about, and I really want to take a serious approach into this podcast. It is the 180th episode, and I might as well let you all know that um, counting up to 200 or counting down to 200, uh, the 200th episode will be the final episode of Big Baby's podcast as you see it, Uh, working on a few things, but for now, we're just going to uh, get to episode 180, excuse me, episode 200. In the meantime, Parley Pete and I will still be here, and even during football season, we will still be coming out and giving you guys a football podcast and those gambling picks that you love so much. But let's get to today's podcast. Hey, 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 it's the B. Baby, and I'm back. So I'm back, man. And I got a lot of topics today. And it's one of these weird shows where I want to go in so many different directions, but I don't know which direction I should go first. Should I just jump off the porch or, or, or should I just walk down the steps? Jump off the porch. Okay, man, let's jump off the porch. Let's make it spicy. I've had enough spicy for today. That <laughs> salsa you make, the salsa picante, muy caliente. <laughs> muy, muy caliente. It was really spicy. Like, do you want me to eat this? <laughs> it was oh good, God. though. It was, but that's, was, I, you know, I don't do too, 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 too spicy. But anyways, we are slaves to the media in Hollywood. Just think about it. Most of what we learn about the world is through someone else's lived experience. They go out, they live, they tell the story, they go record the story, show us the pieces of it that they want us to see, and that's how we consume it. And if we don't do that directly with stories, what do we do? We read a book, which is someone else's perspective of events that happened. Then we watch movies entertainment and we spend a lot of time watching movies and watching tv shows and believe it or not that impacts how you think about life that impacts the way you receive things and when we have tragic events that happen in this country everybody wants to make it a open and shut it was this that caused it no 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 it was a lot of different experiences that shaped a person's being and got them to where they are or where they were. And I took this from Bill Maher's closer on the most recent episode of Real Time with Big with Bill Maher, and he talked about how we glorify vid up vigilantism. <laughs> In Hollywood, and it's the rogue guy with the gun who's the good guy with the gun who's stopping the bad guys. And that's a common theme in many of these mass shootings that we see. And it had me thinking, like, well, dang, that is all over Hollywood, you know? It's in so many shows, so many shows that I like, so many shows that movies that we watch, and you think nothing of it. But that shit do be looking cool. And then you start thinking about how many other things do we consume, especially in movies and TV shows that, yo, that looks pretty cool. And how much of that drives us to want to do things, you know? And if you get too consumed in the movies and the TV shows and seeing what they're doing that is cool and you're not spending time living your life, you'll forget that some of the stuff that you do is cool. 
a lot of the stuff that you do is cool. It, it, it may not sell a movie. It may not be glamorized. And, you know, going back to when we talked about how the bottom line is now having getting rid of a lot of movies that we love because they won't greenlight it. Well, some of those movies are the movies that remind you of real life. You know, the movies that are, are I mean, think about it. Transformers is not ever happening. You know, the Marvel Universe is fake. It's professional wrestling. Hey. It's still fake. Hey. <laughs> you know, we're not seeing just movies like dumb, pointless movies like Half-Baked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a movie about just some people sitting around. How many TV shows like Seinfeld are you actually seeing? Just about a group of friends who are kind of doing nothing but living everyday life or even friends or sex in the city. You know, a lot of the shows that are much more popular now aren't the least bit relatable. But you start to embody what you consume. And the media in Hollywood have a stranglehold on that. I think that's why we're seeing so many different media outlets pop up. A strong distrust from uh, people with the mainstream media because people are tired of being dictated by these larger organizations, these larger entities that are just running or maybe ruining our lives. You know, throw Instagram in there too because that's what you're consuming. It's making you believe that everyone's life is better than yours, but it's not. It's a facade. Some people do have a much better life and it's okay. But there are a lot of people out there with a much worse life. So, man, let's talk about it. How much would you say in your life you're consumed by, me? like, you know, you're consumed with the media, you're consumed with what happens on social media or, like, TV and stuff? Mm, probably a lot. I don't know. I kind of, um, like... I don't know. I just I always need to have something in the background and I've been pretty hooked on some some shows recently. <laughs> but I don't feel like it necessarily consumes me because to me when I think consumes is like I'm thinking about it and I'm reacting in certain ways based off of what I was watching or moving different. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mm and that's not necessarily what I'm doing for the most part. Okay, so what actually drives you and and makes you move? Like in the media world or? No, period. Um, anything that makes me happy. Anything that's a positive, that makes me feel good. Um, mentally, physically, emotionally. So uh, yoga, meditation. <laughs> Doing word searches. How often do you do those things? Mm, lately, not. Why not? Often. <laughs> Why not? They're they're what movie. They're what makes you happy. Is it because mm -hmm. of your consumption of shows and movies? Shows, probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were wrapped up into a show last week. <laughs> You may have pushed through 14 episodes in like three TV days. Which show? Love is Blind, season one. Oh, that's right. Maybe five TV days. Yeah. Focus TV days, not like background TV no, days. No, like, nah. no, you're sitting on the couch watching it. <laughs> sitting on the couch, stopping what you're doing, putting the phone down, and, and watching that filth, right? <laughs> but that, I would say, lightweight consumed me because you think about it you think about your life and their thought processes based uh, versus your thought processes so it kind of like opened up my eyes to like how insecure people can really be and what they're willing to do to to i guess avoid it or mask it or whatever you want to call it so when you were watching that and consuming it was it something that you could relate to? Mm, parts. Not everything, no. 
Okay, so uh, like like ten percent, maybe. Yeah, just ten. Relate to it? Yeah, yeah. I would never do something like that. I don't know. I can't really relate to it. But can you relate to? Okay, okay. So, but that's the point of the show, right? It's to consume. It's to consume you and bring you into their world and mm-hmm. to take you out of your own world. Where I think you and I do a good job is that it's just a show. Yeah. Is it stuff that we are consuming? Yeah. Mm. How do we apply the consumption of it? You know, I mean, it made us think about our relationship. Right. It made us, I don't know, talk about some things that Mm -hmm. we haven't talked about. Yeah. Uh, But that's because we were not slaves to what somebody did. And like, oh, my God, they're not together. I'm not going to yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Season two, yes. Season one, absolutely not. <laughs> Didn't like those people. <laughs> but that's the point of of what happens, and I say that's why we become slaves to it because there were days I should have been making long YouTube videos, short YouTube videos, and I wasn't. I was watching their TV show. <laughs> you didn't do yoga or meditate or journal last week. Do a word search. No. And. That's what happens when we get pulled away from the things that we love, consuming these things that are catchy. Got it. It's consuming your time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And it definitely consumed my time. <laughs> absolutely. And if you consume it too much and you don't live in reality, that becomes your reality, you know? Right. I think that's one of the scary things about reality TV and social media is that you see people become wrapped up into the lives of other people as if it's their own life. You know, I saw a post today that said I can be Sierra. I can be Lori, but I can't be Rashida. And I'm sitting here. <laughs> like, You don't know any of them. Right. Like, what are you going based off of <laughs> what we see? Because that's what the, tr- the, the truth is. What we see. Yeah, but what we see and what we perceive by what, um, based off of what we see are two different things. So we're all seeing the same thing, but how are she, how is she perceiving it? She's perceiving <laughs> it as Sierra is, is the wife. Mm-hmm. Lori is the, the woman who can, who does what she wants, gets who she wants. And then when she's done, she leaves them. Mm-hmm. And then Rashida is the woman who keeps going back to her cheating husband, Kirk. Yeah. And I mean, if that's who they truly are, then I can understand where you're coming from there. You know, mm-hmm. being in control of your life and making the decisions that you want to make. But we don't know Rashida and Kirk. I mean, we see them on TV, mm-hmm. but we don't know why they choose to make themselves continue to work. Right. Um, and to be honest with you, if you don't think about the financial investments that you have with a partner, uh, it, when you have some, it gets harder to walk, just walk away uh, because, well, are we going to lose this business? Is this business going to go under? Uh, how much does the lifestyle change? Uh, well, I guess I can get over it. I've gotten over it before. You know, it, it's it's very easy to be objective about what somebody else is going through uh, until you're the person going through it. And back to the show that we were watching, um, some of that stuff we'd be looking at it and watching it and going, Bro, what are you doing? Yeah. Have some pride about yourself. But then you think about times you've been in a relationship or you've been in friendships. You've been in situations in life where you didn't have pride about your decision making. You made decisions that people on the outside would say, well, that's stupid. Why would you do that? Well, you don't know what this person does for me. Or you don't know how this person makes me feel. Or I just want to be in a relationship so bad that I'm willing to be, deal with something that's not m- the most healthy thing for me because it makes me feel good right now. Right. Like, why do we drink? Long-term drinking is not healthy, but it makes us feel good right now. Why do we post pictures on Instagram? Because people are going to like it and it makes us feel good right now. Sure, we want to tell a story of our life. Sure, we want to let people know what we're doing. But there's some form of satisfaction that you receive, that I receive, that you receive, that all of y'all receive for people going, oh, I, I like this. This is cool. Like this, this makes me want to go do something, you know? It does. It feels good. So... 
I think, though, we have to focus on going outside. Building those experiences, building that life away from social media, away from the media, and away from Hollywood. Because I once lived in California. The way people talk about California versus the way California truly is, it's a difference. You know, people talk about how crazy liberal it is. Well, in the, the state as a whole, sure. But when you go to different parts of the state, it's normal. There's country in California. There's desert in California. There's beach in California. There's mountains in California. There's city in California. You tell somebody California, ooh, yeah, the weather there is nice. Uh, Monterey, California has some of the worst weather in the country. It doesn't get hot. It doesn't get cold. The weather is confused. Some people like that. But my 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 closet is set up for the extremes, winter and summer. <laughs> that, that, that hoodie weather, I mean, I got plenty of hoodies, but still, that's besides the point. That hoodie weather ain't it for the summer. But then you go to San Diego, and, I mean, you can have different weather in different parts of the city. People can tell you how great L.A. is when they go visit, but talk to the people who live there, who live in a in a uh, one bedroom with three roommates, because it's so expensive to live there. And if you don't have a good job, you probably have a bad job, and you're trying to get on in Hollywood. And if you understand L.A., you know what I mean by a good job versus a bad job. It could be the difference in being 22 with a corporate job, or 22 waiting tables so that you can try to get into the industry. There's a difference there. But I didn't know that until I went to Los Angeles. I moved to the Middle East for a little while. And people talk about, oh, my gosh, is, is it safe over there? Is it that over there? Yeah, it's super safe. Safer than America. I didn't lock my door, ever. I wasn't worried about anything. Nobody ever came into my room unannounced that couldn't come. Like, my friends could come because they knew the door was unlocked. but Nobody ever robbed me. But you don't know that until you live. So take some time to get away from what you see. What did they say? Believe half of what you see and less of what you hear? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Don't believe everything until you feel it, till you've lived it. Because you'd be shocked how that could change you. And that kind of takes me to thinking about A problem with people being inside. Pimping ain't easy. Pimping ain't easy. But it's getting a lot easier through OnlyFans. So I was listening to a podcast today. And they were talking about OnlyFans. And they were talking about how there are now these, these companies. Who pretty much run OnlyFans for, for girls because, and guys, but, you know, if you're spending a lot of time creating content, you don't have a lot of time to market your content and engage with your consumers. Somebody who has a podcast, I spend a lot of time creating content, and I spend a lot less time engaging with people about the content that I create. And guess what? It doesn't fare as well if I would talk with people, participate in message boards, do all the stuff that you do to build your profile up. Why? Because I'm busy working and then creating content. So what these what these OnlyFans people are doing now is they have these companies who run their who run their profiles. Like they 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 give them a little starter kit of pictures and stuff, and then they have people who are who are engaging with the OnlyFans guys. They're like engaging with these consumers and they're trying to build a relationship. With these guys because these guys now have their online girlfriend who's making them custom videos that are going to all of their users. And then and then the worst part is, you know, everybody talks about independence and freedom and financial freedom. And as a rapper, I want to be independent. I don't want to sign to a label as a podcaster. I don't want to join a network. I want to be an independent entity and do everything on my own. Man, these OnlyFans pimps. Some of them taking 70% of the, uh, of the money coming in. Some of them are taking the 50% of the money coming in. And why? Well, who cares if I get 100% of $100? If I can get 20% of 
of five thousand dollars. You know, sometimes less is more, <laughs> and that's what's happening. But what's becoming sick about it is that these women who went to OnlyFans to, you know, profit off of their body, profit off of their pictures, profit off of whatever content it is that they're putting out. And now you got somebody who can blow them up, taking the money off of it. And it's crazy to see that we live in a society. No, it's not. It's capitalism. But it's amazing to see how people can capitalize off of the work of others. And I don't even know if I'm bothered by it. Anything? You could, would you would you like get an OnlyFans pimp who could like mm-hmm. this, who would like make all your who would like run your account for you, engage with the guys? Like this is for you, Daddy. No. Let me hear your OnlyFans voice. <laughs> no. Do you have OnlyFans voice yet? Yet. Yes, what do you just, mean yet? You know, because you're going to get the OnlyFans and I'm going to like run your OnlyFans account. So you're trying to be my OnlyFans pimp? Absolutely. <laughs> no. I can't, I can't? No. You can make money, though. With what? I don't know. Feet videos. Hand videos. Hand videos. Like you can do these like teases where you no, never show anything. We do everything from the neck up. I mean, neck down. But I never show anything. Yeah, you still never show anything. It's just teasers. We'll 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 put makeup over your tattoo so you can't be uh, identified. No. I mean, we can get OnlyFans booming over here. <laughs> we can start a whole new like you know, we can start a whole new pod over. Here. We got the OnlyFans pod. I wish I could see your face <laughs> right now because I, I'm I'm just. I... <laughs> <laughs> but, but but what kind of woman do you think does that? Like, like I, I want to get your thoughts on this one. There's probably two types of women. Okay. There's the type that are hustling and just trying to find any way to to get a couple dollars in. Okay. Either for themselves or for their you know young kids. Okay. There's the ones. Well, I guess there's three different because then there's the ones that are promiscuous and just want to be out there and love the attention. And then there's the insecure ones that are bored and lonely and want attention, but they can't really get it. So, of course, in the media world, you can find it anywhere. You know, and there's not much difference than that girl that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and then the guy who's making her rich. Yeah. The only difference is he's losing money. Because what they say, you never lose money chasing women. Excuse me, you never uh, lose women chasing money, but you lose money chasing women. Mm-hmm. It's amazing what the power of the P can do because, dog, they really be thinking that's their girl. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know what, to each his own. But now that I know these farms are running these things, and, and and I could just accept a job on Upwork because I speak English, typing out for these women, making $3 an hour, $5 an hour to just do their OnlyFans. But you got to engage within every like five minutes because if you don't, they're on to the next one. Mm-hmm. I think I don't. <sighs> I'm just sitting here thinking. And I almost said, I think it should be illegal. No, it shouldn't. People should be able to make money however they want to, almost uh, morally, ethically. But when you think about it, we're just setting society back further and further. And I I don't want to sound like, oh, guy, get off my lawn. But when we got pimps, we got e-pimps. We got e-pimps who ain't even meeting these women. And like, well, if you want to make this money, here's what you got to do. I need this, this, and this. And it's totally legal because the women are choosing to do what it is that they're doing according to um, these websites that they are choosing to do it. You know, they would never just do this on their own right? because they're taking all of the money that they make and putting it in their pocket. 
Yo, just think about the, the women who are being double pimped. Like they're being pimped by a, a no shit pimp who's like, hey, make this OnlyFans content. You know what I mean? Create these relationships with these guys, make them fly you out, give you money, money. And then in order for that, in order to feed that pimp, they got to go get a e-pimp so that they can spread their they social media following. They can spread their OnlyFans following. Damn. And all you're doing is bringing home pennies on the dollar. That's crazy. I didn't even think about that. That is crazy. <laughs> because think about how many sex workers are using OnlyFans to reach larger, larger um fan bases. Yeah. Imagine being let's just take it from your hometown, right? Imagine being a sex worker in Monterey. Mm-hmm. You're limited. You, you can find some people, some old rich guys you can find there. You get invited to the right parties. But imagine you get that OnlyFans running up and you just spread to San Jose and San Fran. Think about how many of those geeks who are over here making all of these apps and computers who didn't who don't even know what the left side of a vagina looks like. But they're making three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year at twenty two. And I think about how much the sex workers run it up now. Instead of trying to run through Seaside to get your start, you're running through Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's life-changing money. One of them guys might move you in. They so sucker. They probably would. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, you, you need studio equipment? I work at Google. I can get you everything you need. You need YouTube placement? My Got friend you. works over Insta. <laughs> I can get you. You know what I'm saying? We can put on your, your PG content just to, you know, and then we add that link tree. Boom. <laughs> Pippin ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got all these people and we got, we got Instagram and, and, and OnlyFans pimps. And then that just begs the question, is the traditional home outdated? Yeah. Like what we grew up learning was a traditional home? Yeah, is that out is that is that model outdated? You know, mom, dad, offspring. Be a little bit more specific here. Like the dad goes and works and he's a moneymaker and the mom stays home with the kids. I'm not even going I'm not even going that traditional. I'm just saying mom, dad live together and raise their kids together in the same house. Is that model outdated? Um, I think people are trying to push that agenda, yeah. And here's why I asked because we we have same-sex marriages now, right? Which mm-hmm. obviously we didn't grow up seeing that as something that is traditional. Mm-hmm. And if they were together you you didn't really see them having children you know i'm willing to bet that uh, a same-sex couple trying to adopt a child or even take it in foster kids would be next impossible uh at a certain time in our history and then you think about you know the way that we can artificially inseminate women who can't have children or if there is a same-sex couple what they can do or, you know, if there's a same-sex male couple, they can have uh, somebody, surrogate. they can have surrogate. And I've seen it where they found, like, a, a, a same-sex woman couple mm-hmm. had the sperm of one of the, the brother. Oh. So that it was damn near, so they, it was a genetic match. It was still, yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. I mean, to make I it. I thought you were going towards, like. A lesbian couple got connected with a gay couple, and because and so they just kind of gave the sperm to them to kind of you know because I know that I've I've I'm, I'm, I'm heard of that. I'm from Georgia, not California. Yeah, the, the friend that I know of that did that was is in Texas. So it was, it was a joke. Mm. It was a joke. Mm. Speaking to how conservative people are in Georgia versus how liberal they are in California. 
Jesus Christ, let's get you out of the house. <laughs> and that's why your contact in my phone's never going to change. Because <laughs> they're going to get stuck up there. <laughs> but no, so, and then I was looking at the Nick Cannon piece where he has, he has six children. And he, it's rumored that he has three on the way. And these children are obviously with different women. Because his first two were with his uh, ex-wife, Mariah Carey. And you start to see this more often. I mean, I'm a product of a broken home. And it's just being normalized that children aren't being raised by both of their parents. And I ask, is it outdated? Because obviously in action, it is not the only way that we accept a, a household to be now. It's not. We we accept we accept any kind of household, honestly. Um, but I ask, is a household with two parents, and I'm not going to speak to the gender of those parents, right, or the sex or sexual orientation. I'm not going to get into the specifics of the two parents, right? But are two parents raising their offspring? Is that is that the best way to raise a child now? Or can I just get a woman pregnant and make sure she's financially stable? Uh, to raise that child? Is that what's best for the child? I think it just depends on the dynamic or the people. Okay, go on. We're doing a podcast here. So the dynamic would be if it's a toxic home that they're just sitting there arguing all the time or they can't, they don't have the same parental values, then of course it's best if they aren't in the same home. Because that's not only affecting them as parents, it's affecting the kids. Okay, but could could we say that seeing that and witnessing that could influence those kids to view their relationship and their child raising t totally differently? Because I bet there are some things that your parents did that you absolutely hate and you'd never do that in your marriage or in your child raising. Right. But that just depends on the child's or the person's maturity level. Okay. Are you able to register that as not something that is normal to your life? Like, oh, that's just how I was raised. So that's normal. Or will you look at it with a different lens and say, no, I don't agree with that. And I want to do better or I want to I want to switch this up. This doesn't I don't like this. So I think from what I have experienced, what I've seen is that a lot of people um, are lazy or they're just like super blind to the fact that there there are some unhealthy traits that they are witnessing or that they've that they're accepting. OK. And. They just blame it as like, oh, this is, you know, this is what I'm used to. This is my normal. So I don't see anything wrong with it. I see that there's more of that rather than the opposing, which is, you know, I don't like that. And I'm trying to be better. And I'm trying to change, you know, these little things that aren't sitting well with me. Here's the thing. Your parents aren't perfect. And uh, a lot of y'all don't have great parents. They're great providers. Everybody doesn't have great parents. And you need to realize what skills your parents equipped you with. Did your parents equip you with the skills you needed to be successful? Did your parents equip you with the skills that you needed to progress in life? I mean, we often see kids who come from privileged backgrounds not having the work ethic that their parents had to get to that background. You know why? Because more times than not, the parents went without growing up so they wanted to make sure that their kid doesn't go without and that sets their kid up to believe that things will be handed to them and that's not the case for most of us we have to work for what we get now personally i believe that if you are one trying to raise a child i think you need i think it's best for that child to be in a more traditional home i truly do now can it be done 
without it? Absolutely, because I'm a product of it. And maybe I am a proponent for the traditional home because I didn't come from it. And I don't really know what it's like. And there are so many different life skills that I didn't get to learn, good or bad. I didn't get to see an example of it to try to figure out, well, is this good or is this bad, you know? Because you're not in there. You're not seeing it. You're not watching that process sometimes, you know? And not only do I think it's a good piece for that, you also get different perspectives on things from your day to day. You can go to your your mother figure or your father figure and ask them, well, I'm dealing with this. How would you deal with it? And, and you get to watch two different people like live their lives and grow and, and become who, the, who they are. You know what I mean? Like think about your parents, the grind you watch both of them go. They both went about it differently. Like your mom had a whole career flip, you know, where your dad stayed in the same thing. And he's like practically mastered his craft through years and years of doing that. Whereas your mom was like, hey, this works for me right now. But until I can get to where I want to and need to be, I get want to I'm do this until it makes sense. And I'm going to cross over, do this, then do this while it, it and then end up where I ultimately want to be. Two totally different approaches to success. But you got to like watch that firsthand, you know, mm-hmm. whereas others see if you only got one parent there, you're only seeing one perspective. You oftentimes think that that's because because that's what you saw. That's what you witnessed. And it worked. You go, well, shit, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Um, So. I think there's a reason why it takes two people to make a child. So what's best for that child should be two people. But back to your toxic household thing, like nobody needs to be in a toxic household, which is why I have the most respect for my parents for divorcing and raising me in a non-toxic household. Thank you. But just imagine being a parent, being a dad. I mean, no, fuck it. You can just be any type of parent. Well, like, Six or seven kids in like five different places. How how much time do you have for them? You know, you got the resources. Yeah, you can FaceTime them. But how much time do you really have? And what if you got one or two in the same city with you? Then the other ones are a couple of hours away. You got another one on another coast. You know, that kid's missing out just because, you know, how do you. I just think we get so caught up on the monetary value of support, right? You know, we think about child support. Well, y'all pay child support every month. Okay, cool. That's great. You're supporting your child financially. You should because you had the child. But how much parenting are you doing when you're not there? And phone calls for children isn't parenting. That phone call shit don't work till they're grown. (laughs) Like, my mom can parent me over the phone now because it's more of talking, conversations, advice. It's not teaching me how to be a a, a high-functioning human being. You got anything else on this one? Got to get you talking today. What you want to talk about? Give me something. Anything? You want to just stop? I mean, we can go on with the next subject. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you to talk. Give me your t- your, your your ten rapper voices. Okay, uh, not in any specific order. Okay. So, are you gonna say like what it is? The top ten. So we we were having a. I had a thought one day when I was listening to um a, a song, and I was like, dang, he got. A- I forgot how great his rap voice is. So I said, hey, let's do our our top rapper voices, right? Who has the best rapper voice? So what we did was we wrote down our top 10 alone, sitting next to each other without looking at each other's papers. Um, and uh, she's going to go first. Give me your 10. Okay. In no specific order, my top 10 rapper voices, not rappers, but their voices. <laughs> Method Man. Okay. Jim Jones. Okay. The Baby. Okay, that's a good one. Andre 3000. Okay. Dom Kennedy. Okay. 
ASAP Ferg. Okay. Luda. Okay. And I've got a few other ones, but I'm trying to figure out who I want to put in that top 10. Okay. Maybe I'll do Old Dirty Bastard also. He's got that rugged, gritty sound. All right, I'm going to give you my top 12. I'm going to give you my top... I have some other ones. So I'm going to give you my top 10, tell you which my my first two out were, and then I'll listen to your other ones, then I'll give my honorable mention. Number one, Young Jock. Not in order, I'm sorry. This is not in order. Young Jock, Gucci Man, Snoop, Takeoff, Dolph, Dr. Dre, Paul Wall, Rick Ross, Wiz Khalifa, Jim Jones, and Juvenile is like right there. And then the one that's right that's that's right there below juvenile is Project Pat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the theme I of mine I only gave eight. Oh, uh, we'll give it two more. <laughs> uh, Plies has to be on your list because he, on he's list. one of the first names you said when yeah. we like actually talked about it before. Plies we, is on my list, so I'll put him in there and then Pop Smoke. <laughs> Pop Smoke does have a good rap voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what other ones do you have just hanging um, out? I'm a West Coast girl, so I put Warren G, Dub C. <laughs> and then I put like Nate Dog question mark because although he's singing, he's like rapping singing. Okay, I'll and, let it pass. <laughs> and then I put Big Boy also. Okay. So basically Outcast. <laughs> so my honorable mention were Quavo. Oh, and Big John. Boy. I like his voice. Yeah. So I put Quavo. Mm, yeah. E40. Oh, yeah. Too short. Okay. Jay-Z when he's a featured artist. Yeah. Yeah. And DMX when he's a featured artist. And Jada Kiss. I totally forgot about Jada, Jada Kiss. Kiss. I forgot about Jada. I'm sorry. Yeah, I even forgot about Jada Kiss. And so, and the thing about, like, the Jay-Z and the DMX thing, I, I like DMX, the rapper, but sometimes he's it's just too much for me. I I, I don't yeah. always want that. Yeah. And Jay's voice is whatever. But when he's featured, you're like, oh shit, it's Jay. He's got a little bit more swagger. Exactly. When he's featured because he he only has that one verse, so he's trying to like get it all in there. So two that I struggled with um, was Future and Thug, mm-hmm. and I just couldn't do it because part of what makes your voice so great is the enhancements. Yeah. And I was like, eh, no, we're talking about just voices, you know, like. Right. And that's why I was struggling trying to find mine because it's like, okay, you got to take away the actual. um, Like the creativity of mm-hmm. it, like take that away, take the music away and just focus on the voice itself. So it was really hard for me because I'm more of a lyrical person so (laughs) So, kind of talk me through what makes a voice good for you um i like something that's catchy okay what what catches you so what catches me is like something very like smooth like like og kind of you know smooth smooth gangsta or i like the raspy like i like the deep and raspy too okay so you like my cigar voice yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so i think mine's pretty consistent with for the most part i like deep voices Mm -hmm. false um i think wiz was the one just like where did this come from yeah he's high pitched yeah but he's just so cool like yeah like wiz is always cool he always chilling well that's what i like i like the smooth person like the smooth guy and then he'd be like he'd be doing that laugh (laughs) yeah <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, in short, dog, I just like the way he say words, cause it's that West Coast sweat swing. In well, it. well, the too short, and maybe it's because some of the time he spent in Atlanta. But yeah, but he's, he's it's also like an Oakland thing. 
Oakland accents are vi- like have a country twang to it. Mm-hmm. You yep. know what I'm saying, homie? Yeah. And it, it was really weird the first time I paid attention to an Oakland accent. I'm like, bro, you country is hey, what, what is this? Then, you know, no, nah, it's Oakland and you can hear the difference because they still don't have deep voices like we do in the South. They 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 don't sound like them people out of L.A. either, homie. Mm-mm. I hate the way people in L.A. talk. I'm sorry. Some of the worst voices ever. Will you please find a bass in your voice? But Young Jock is underrated. He has probably the best rapper voice uh, that doesn't rap anymore. When he started doing that that low talking voice. Yeah. Like in, in Juice Box. Mm-hmm. I'm a good Juice Box with. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't know if I put him in my top 10, but yeah. He's... Yeah. You, you talk about people like Exhibit. X to the Z. <laughs> he do got a really good raspy voice, though. <laughs> if we go in there, we could do nocturnal. <laughs> There's a reason why he sleeps during the day. <laughs> so annoying. I mean, I'm just saying. You got some more bad raps? Huh? Huh? What? Say what now? What'd you say? Nothing. It was funny. Parlay Pete and I were having a conversation about the way our our music preferences are so Southern um, and so Atlanta-based because we were fortunate to be in the mecca of hip-hop as it became the mecca of hip-hop, and we didn't have to listen to any of y'all's nonsense. <laughs> Even, like, the good music, you know, you pick up on it as you get older, but, like, growing up, I didn't care about a lot of other artists and I didn't have to care about these other artists because why, why, like, why, why, like, why would I listen to that? It ain't getting played at no parties. It ain't getting played on the radio. Like, how did, how did you build your diverse music listening ear? Oh, the radio. The radio is where I first heard Lauren Hill. That's the first time that I heard Snoop. Uh, I've heard everybody on the radio. We have a lot of diversity, but also then... But you go deep into the catalog. I really do. I don't know how, honestly. Like, it just over time, like, you know, at Target back in the day, they used to have, when the new albums came out, they used to have the headphones that you were able to, like, listen to the music. Yep. When my mom was in there doing her shopping, I would go back there. I would either be back there listening to music and just scrolling through albums or like CDs, or I'd be over there playing Nintendo 64. But <laughs> and you know, the dope thing about target because target, they sold the, uh, the uncut albums. Walmart yeah. wouldn't do that. Yeah. We didn't even have a Walmart at that time. Um, But I think here's the weird thing about being outside of like a music center when it comes to radio Mm. when you live in a city where there's a bunch of music that's hot coming out of that city that's all you're gonna hear right you you i mean yeah you hear hey ma every now and then Mm -hmm. but there's just some other southern cult classics that are on repeat that you're hearing all the time you know i'm sure you weren't listening to dj unk on the radio like i was like you were no you know, you get walking out every two hours on the radio, but it's not just in rotation. Like, you know, ooh, it's about time for walking out to come on, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of lime wire, a lot of lime wire. Yeah. I mean, and that's when I really started to listen to a lot more music because I I had the direct access to it without having to spend my mom's money. Yeah. It's just getting on lime wire and just downloading, typing in a name and just picking songs, picking songs or typing in an album getting that like having that track listen being like okay yeah okay and the worst would be like hey this is god damn man this wasn't what i was looking for or it would be like i did not have sexual relationships <laughs> that's the one <laughs> or you would get like random porn audio yeah <laughs> like, like damn i wasted 10 minutes of my time downloading this and it's not even what i want i'd be so pissed <laughs> I would spend hours on LimeWire. I just like music. I just really like music. I've always, like, back in the day, that's all I used to do is be out with my Walkman and just, like, on my bike or rollerblades or whatever it was and just be out. 
I used to like music. Then I developed other interests, and I'm like, yeah, man, this music thing is taking up too much of my time. It takes an hour to get through an album. You don't have to listen to a whole album. I rarely ever listen to a whole album. So I'm odd. I, I mean, I like to listen to music like my album. You know, if we're not, if I'm not, if I'm actually playing music to listen to music, you know, I'm usually playing an album cover mm-hmm. to cover. You know, I, I don't. Nah, I'll give a song like 30 seconds. And if I don't like it, then I'll switch it. And sometimes I end up being wrong. And later down the road, I'm like, oh, man, I've been skipping this song. But for the most part, I'm usually right. <laughs> I, I'm, t- I'm terrible at building playlists mm. because I really don't like to mute, listen to music that way. I I, I feel like the, the album is put together the way it, it is for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And that's how I like. I like to consume the art and the way the artist presents it to us. Right, but that's why there's singles on the album. Yeah, and I usually skip them. I don't care about those single. The single's just there to like it's it's song five, so you gotta listen to the other songs before you can skip through. I mean, now obviously we can pick a song and we can stream it. Yeah. But if you think about song placement, when was the single the the intro? You yeah, know. You probably drop a single at like two or three. Drop another one around seven or eight. Yeah, it's usually spread out. And then you'll close with one of your with one of your other singles towards the end of the album. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's always funny to see though when you have songs that become singles on accident, and you're like, it's funny. You can be going through iTunes now, and it won't have the star next to it. Mm-hmm. You go, but that's the one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. And I think it's funny because it shows the disconnect between what the decision makers think will work versus what the people will actually like actually said that works. Mm-hmm. I wish we had remixes still, you know, man, you know, real remixes <laughs> because it was a hot single and it's like, oh man, let's, we got to put so-and-so on there. Right. And put so, everybody on there. Right. Instead of making the remix. I mean, these remixes be out the day after the original come out and go, man, we didn't pick this. Mm-hmm. What if? It, but that was a time where you couldn't just email somebody a song and let them hear it. You know, right? People had to hear it. And it's like, hey, hey, let me up on a remix. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's the mother remix. 